Hi, this is the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, episode 416. I'm Alyssa from the blog Whovian Feminism, and don't be alarmed, but this is the Queer Feminist Takeover. I want to ask one simple, surprisingly complex question. What does representation look like? Before I even knew I liked boys, I knew what it looked like when girls loved boys. I watched the fleeting crushes and the destined romances and the star-crossed lovers. I had seen the tender looks and the tentative hand-holding. I knew the power of true love's kiss and that happily ever after ended with a ring and a white dress. But what does it look like when girls love girls? For most of my life, I didn't know. Those stories were hidden behind a PG-13 rating or in the library's restricted section. Only now do I see them trickling out. But they still don't feel complete. Cora and Asami get to hold hands as the show fades to black. Lexa kisses Clark, but then she dies. River flirts, Clara laughs, and the fans, well, we make inferences. Fandom helps me make the best out of the stories I get. When they give me nothing, I invent something to fill the void. When they get halfway there, I fill in the gaps. I wrote a blog recently about my complicated relationships with my problematic faves, and I talked about my conflicted feelings about interpreting Clara Oswald as bisexual. There are just enough details to make the case that Clara is bi, and Jenna Coleman herself has said that it's, quote, open to interpretation. So fans, including myself, have gleefully stepped in. In many corners of the Doctor Who fandom, Clara's bisexuality is treated as a canon fact. GIF sets have been painstakingly crafted to show every moment where Clara could have plausibly been showing a romantic interest in another woman. She may not have ever dated a girl, but fans have stepped up with fan art and fanfic pairing her with everyone from Jane Austen to River Song to a shielder. But in my blog, I confronted a personally painful truth that I found many people shared. Clara isn't actually a good representation of bisexuality. She never says she's bisexual. She never dates a woman, and she never explicitly mentions an interest in women. She says Jane Austen is a good kisser, but never mentions whether she was the one to test that. I want Clara to be bisexual, and fandom gave me a space to make that happen, but I also need a better story from the show. There are a lot of stories I want to like about girls who love girls in Doctor Who, but they never really feel like complete stories. River's bisexuality was first referenced by Stephen Moffat on Twitter. In her most recent episode, she mentions having at least two wives and flirts briefly with another woman. But we don't actually see her in a relationship, or see her showing a woman any of the physical and emotional intimacy she shows her husbands. Vastra and Jenny are married, but their romantic interactions are either heavily contrived or heavily sexualized. Their first on-screen appearance included an oral sex joke, and their first and only on-screen kiss was actually an elaborate setup to let them share oxygen. Not a lot of romance in that. These seem like weird things to be hung up on, and I'm often told that it should be enough that we just see girls who love girls. But why can't we get the same types of stories that girls who love boys do? Why can't our relationships be central to the story? Why can't we have the epic romance or the fleeting crush? Where are our simple expressions of fondness? Where are our kisses, our real kisses? 
I criticize because I love these characters and because I'm invested in their stories. I criticize because I was that awkward, anxious queer girl with no stories to help me explain what I was feeling. And I demand better representation because I am desperate for no queer girl to feel the isolation, confusion, and pain that I felt. Does that make me entitled? Some would seem to say so. Two articles that set the internet on fire this week questioned the, quote, strange entitlement of fan culture. One compared the hashtag Give Elsa a Girlfriend to the anti-all-woman Ghostbusters trolls, saying they were both expressions of fan entitlement to dictate how stories should be told. The other article absurdly conflated legitimate criticism with abuse, harassment, and violent threats. There's a lot to unpack about both of these articles, and Chip and others have already made excellent critiques. But I want to focus specifically on the idea that I am supposedly entitled when I demand better representation. I certainly don't feel entitled. I feel neglected and ignored. The people who would pose an all-woman Ghostbusters team are not. Those men have always been catered to, have always been represented, and have always had their stories told. They are standing on top of their mountain of representation and yet somehow still feel entitled to say that no new story should be told. I am not demanding that writers, directors, and producers cater to my every demand and tailor their stories to my every whim. I am asking them to set aside their predispositions, their biases, and their prejudices that convince them that our stories aren't worth telling. I am demanding that corporations reevaluate the math that makes them think that my stories are too risky, too dangerous to be told. I am demanding those corporations let their artists be free to tell any story they want, including stories where girls love girls. Give Elsa a girlfriend. Give Captain America a boyfriend. Or create whatever new story you want. Just tell our stories. To borrow a line... I am owed better. Corporations owe me better. Writers owe me better. I am owed better than the small, tattered stories that I am clinging onto to find something that reflects my story. So what does representation look like? It looks like River Song introducing the doctor to her second wife. It looks like Vastra and Jenny sharing a fond kiss over a cup of tea. It looks like Clara snogging the hell out of Jane Austen just because. It looks like a young girl growing up watching girls married to girls, kissing girls, loving girls, and knowing that there's a story for her. You can find more of Alyssa's writings at whovianfeminism.tumblr.com or at Whovian Feminism on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Alyssa. There will be more 2MTL podcasts coming up for the remainder of the month before the hiatus. Please stick around. You can find these episodes at TWOMinuteTimeLord.com or on iTunes. And I'm on social media at numeral 2 Minute Time Lord. Talk to you again soon. <laughs>